Hello, and welcome back to uh, Season 1, Episode 3 of Dang! Dang! <laughs> With Kel and Sky. Hey there, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get right into it. Uh, so this episode is our first glimpse at like the actual standalone episode narrative style that Avatar is, you know, has predominantly for every other episode they're not always like oh we're gonna do two parters <laughs> oh not... what is what yeah. is the title of this episode the title of this episode is the southern air temple Ooh, wow. and the Crazy. whole point of this is that they go to the southern air temple wow um, who would have guessed <laughs> who would have who would have known who would have thunk it um but we see like this is cool because the first two episodes are kind of like just prep they're mm-hmm. like Ooh, we got this yeah, crazy it's a good show. Hook. It's a good hook. Yeah. They're like, we got this crazy show. They tried to make a crazy robot. <laughs> Did it work? No. <laughs> no, but they, uh, side note, uh, just before we, <laughs> I guess to go back to before we were about to talk about Avatar, we love Futurama. Um, yeah. and we make a lot of Futurama jokes. So if we're ever like saying something weird and you as a listener, are like, that's weird. Why would a person say a thing like that? Like we just love kill it. Like we just, I just love kill it. That's actually that's Rick and Morty. That's oh, from, that's Rick and that's Morty. That's Michael from Rick and Morty. But also great character. We watch a lot of Rick and Morty too. We watch a lot of cartoons. We do. Thanks coronavirus. Um, <laughs> to be yes. fair, we watched a lot of cartoons before coronavirus. I've always watched a lot of cartoons. Really, I mean, <laughs> that's just how life goes. Uh, and that's why we're here on this podcast because we've done a lot of research. <laughs> and where you know we're experts in the field so <laughs> so if we if we ever say something that you're like what that's why would a person say that it's probably a reference to something else to like futurama and you know these other sort of things that are in this sort of you know, like nebula. cartoons yeah yeah the the uh the nemazine or whatever mm-hmm. in relation to these types of things what is this we're getting a we've been handed sent- from a, a listener yeah, a listener just handed us a contact. And it's about Appa. Oh, Appa. Who plays Appa, <laughs> Appa. and Momo. Uh, and Momo? And Momo. Yeah. Who is he? Who is this uh, guy? D. Bradley Baker. Never heard of this man before in my life. Me either. He's on 64 episodes. And soldier number two. Wow. Random soldiers, adult Roku, actor Jet. He plays adult Roku? He does. This man has. He plays like a lot of he's characters. Got a lot of depth. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so he's a versatile character. I yeah. guess we we harshed on him too much. We did harsh on him he, too much. He man, played. He does more than. <laughs> yeah, he, he he earned his paycheck probably more than some other people on the show. Can you imagine like just doing? You're like I do Aang, and he's like I do everybody else. Yeah, I do everybody. It's like I I don't know. I guess I play all the animals. <laughs> yeah, I'm every animal on the show. I guess that's how voice actors work though. Is like you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rick and Morty has what like two guys. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, maybe they have more than that, but. The rain. They have Rick and they have Morty. They have there's only Rick and there's only Morty. I don't know anybody else on that show. All right, let's get back to talking about Avatar. Um, back to Avatar. All right, so season one, episode three, Southern Air Temple. Um, they break off from what they did before their, their like weird pilot episode style. And now they're doing regular like standalone narrative episodes, which is better for us, right? Because mm-hmm. we can be like, all right, we're going to talk about what happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. In episode the, three. Yeah, episode three. Whereas like the first two, it's kind of like they're all blurred together because it's like one <laughs> story. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this is this is actually a really cool episode because mm-hmm. instead of just having like, this is a hook, like watch the show, there's mm-hmm. actually a lot of backstory. There's yes. a lot of um, details that you get about like, 
who is the avatar why does this person exist um it's a lot of really important background knowledge yeah. about the air temple and about like learning a little bit about the fire nation more and like yeah you get to it's see it's more than just dueling you get to see, yeah it is more than just like fighting or like <laughs> i'm banished now <laughs> no you're or, banished no you're banished no you're banished no you're banished there's no i guess there's talk of banishment because we yeah. we get we see zuko we see zuko interact with like other fire nation people mm-hmm. other than iroh right because mm-hmm. like on the ship i guess what we're seeing is like zuko and iroh and fire nation dudes who are loyal yeah. to iroh and he gets he gets a lot of fire nation dudes for some rando kid who's banished yeah i mean i think that's well really i guess he's not thing. rando he's a prince but like yeah that's that's quite a luxurious banishment there yeah, it is i guess i mean and this is kind of like a spoilery thing so maybe if you're afraid of spoilers like cover your ears or whatever but i'm going to talk about it anyways they <laughs> might be i mean so the white the order of the white lotus is a thing that comes into play later mm-hmm. and um it ties kind of like across all of the nations and stuff mm-hmm. like that and we see it more in Korra. we see it more in the in the way that i'm about to imply that it might exist in Korra. but um I, maybe there's a potential that these guys are members of the order of the white lotus this mm-hmm. like secret society that ira belongs to and a lot of the other like big name masters that we see throughout the um throughout the course of the show like belong to the order of the mm-hmm. white lotus uh, maybe these are like young members who yeah. are like it's my duty to you know go with iroh who's like a very senior member and, and mm-hmm. do whatever he wants essentially yeah, exactly or they're just people who are like really loyal to iroh mm-hmm. i mean i don't think there's any possibility that they really know about zuko or care about zuko because we hear mm-hmm. in a later episode them being like they don't even know why he's banished yeah um I they mean, just we know, know that he's banished. <laughs> they just know that he's banished. In this episode, we we learn about Admiral Zhao, mm-hmm. um, and we we see sort of like him as a as an additional like a tertiary antagonist essentially, because mm-hmm. Zuko still holds that position. I mean, the Fire Lord is obviously like the primary antagonist of the whole series, um, but Zuko sort of holds that place, and Zhao holds that place for a little mm-hmm. bit as well. And it's really kind of interesting to see Zhao just like disrespect zuko a whole bunch yeah um like he's still a prince they still refer to him as prince zuko but they're like that's just put some disrespect on him yeah put some they put no respect on his name it's that's kind of interesting uh and so i guess there's like two parts of the, the narrative of this of this story it's like it's zuko dealing with Zhao and seeing like oh actually the fire nation is really badass and they're like everywhere and they have mm-hmm. a lot of ships and stuff and then also we see Aang going into the Air Temple. So we'll just keep talking about the Fire Nation for right now. We'll just do like one all the way through and then we'll do Air Temple all the way through. Yes. Um, just because that way it'll be easier to like talk about. But the way mm-hmm. that it works in the episode is they kind of like bounce back and forth because you can't do like half the episode like this is Zuko fighting Zhao and then the other <laughs> half of the episode it's like this is a really sad thing about Aang. Yeah, like, go back another, just like come back a few hours and we'll... Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah anyways. So we see, we see Zhao and Zuko fighting it out and... Um, it's really kind of sad mm-hmm. actually because like zuko is this scary dude in the first two episodes and then exactly. you see that he's like he's just a kid yeah he really is just a kid and you see him like getting really see him getting just thrashed on in the first yeah like few i guess what would be like minutes of that fight yeah. in the first couple seconds out just of that like, episode yeah just like super disrespected and um but he's like he's really eager to prove himself like he mm-hmm. wants to restore his honor and i mean it's just kind of interesting because when you think about it in terms of like maybe adding a level of like very light psychoanalysis mm-hmm. like zuko is a kid who has been like we find out in this episode that he got the scar on his face from his dad mm-hmm. right um 
and in an Agnikai, like a firebender on her duel mm-hmm. or whatever, which happens all the time. They're yeah, like, they're always challenging Firebenders are like, you got a problem? Let's fire duel. It's like, <laughs> yeah. just like, fire dome. Fire do- <laughs> Welcome to fire dome. <laughs> who runs part of town? Uh, not Zuko. That's, that's who doesn't run part of town. Um, that's a reference to Thunderdome, if you didn't know. Uh, Mad Max Thunderdome. It's a good movie. Anyways, uh, back on track. We're really, we're getting, we're like far flung right now. I think we're sort of hitting our stride on this. But uh, anyway, so we see Zuko and Zhao fight an Agni Kai mm-hmm. and Zuko wins. Yeah. It's kind of the interesting thing. And we see that Zhao, like after Zuko turns his back, Zuko spares Zhao's life. And as Zuko turns his back to walk away in victory, Zhao attempts to fight him. And then Iroh just like from, okay, so Iroh has to be really far away. If we mm-hmm. think about like how fast Iroh has to have moved to get from outside of the ring of their duel to blocking. Like, faster than Olympic sprinter. Just, like... Like, he... It's wild. Like, the first shot that we see of this is that it's, like... Maybe not, like, a football field. Maybe it, maybe it's, like, a baseball field. Like, if, yeah. it, if you were to take that square and sort of, like, lengthen it just a little bit and then put, mm-hmm. you know, a firebender on each end. It's, like, the size of a middle school gymnasium. Yeah, like, that's a, that's a much better analogy than, like, a weird baseball field. <laughs> it's about the size of, like, a middle school gym. And Iroh goes from, like, on the outside of that ring to in the middle in, like, just, like, a second. He just, yeah. he's there. Iroh's amazing. Just zoom! I think like... that's, the, that's the first inclination that we get to the fact that Iroh is probably one of the most badass firebenders that exists mm-hmm. in this world. And just so powerful. So, so powerful. Just, like, stops all of that fire with one hand on his foot. And like... then he throws him, like, yeah, 20 just... feet. Which he's just, like, a little push and Jago's goes flying. Like, yeah. <laughs> Iroh's amazing. Uh, he's and we know that he's highly respected, right? Like, yeah. everybody talks about him and to him with a lot of respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, pe- and we, I mean, he has the title, like, Dragon of the West. And mm-hmm. he, you can see in this... He deserves it. He totally deserves that that title. Um, another fun thing that we noticed, and that I think the creators of Avatar noticed going into Season 3, is that there's no female fire soldiers. Not a single one. Not a single one. Not <laughs> not even one. Um, and you see this in the beginning of season three where they're like, oops. <laughs> Oopsies. Whoops. So that's, I mean, that's the thing we should acknowledge at this point is like. You're not going to see a single female fire yeah. army soldier ever until season three. Yeah, exactly. A bar like Azula, but she's like the crown princess. So that's kind of a different thing. Um, and Tylee and May. Mm-hmm. But like. If they're not a main character, they aren't there. They're not, they're not, there's not that kind of diffused representation. Um, which is funny, given that in the first five minutes of the first episode, they tried to make a point, and then they were like, actually, we're not that. We're, we're trying. Which, they tried a little bit, but they kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's sort of, let's transition back into airbenders and the air temple and all the stuff that, the cool stuff that happened there. Speaking of fathers. Speaking of fathers or uh, not having them, where, like, what? Okay, so first of all, right, everybody who lives in the air temples is an airbender? Yeah. I've seen some speculation online, and this, again, this is, like, not canon, but I've seen some speculation that people are like, well, they're so spiritual that they're all airbenders. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, and we see a couple of female airbenders. Like, we know they exist. Well, yeah, because we've seen female avatars. Yeah, we've seen female avatar Young Chen, the av- the air avatar before mm-hmm. Aang, um, the f- one full avatar cycle before Aang. Uh, 
was was a woman and we don't really get any sort of mention of mm-hmm. this weird social structure that the, that they have other than the one line in the in episode two where zuko's like you would know anything of fathers being raised by monks which doesn't really address the fact that people come from a place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they are born. Um, and they, they just, like, gloss over that. And I guess that's, like, one of the things that you just kind of have to, have to accept. Like, this was also a kid's show, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to be like, this is how it works. This is where babies come from. Because that would lead to a lot of, like... A lot of outrage from parents. Parents would be like, I didn't want to have this conversation right now. <laughs> my like, kid is seven. Like... My kid is seven. He doesn't need to ask. Uh... Babies come from a place. If you're listening right now with your kids who are like, we want an avatar and we just like screwed it up for you, have fun having that conversation. Uh, just remember body positivity and, uh, you know, be sex positive, all that stuff. You know, that's good. There's a lot of, we can, let's, let's get back to the airbenders. Every airbender is really powerful. Mm-hmm. That is the wild thing. Yeah, that like, Aang, he's 12. He's 12 and he's already like, more powerful than, like, Zuko, who's, like, this firebending prince. And... Yeah. Well, okay, to be fair, Zuko kind of sucks at firebending. That's like, true. That's one, of the, <laughs> that's one of the weird things that we learn later on, is that Zuko's, like, not a great firebender. He's, like, mediocre. He's, like, okay. He's yeah. a, he's good because he's, like... There's... I guess there's a weird thing with firebenders where, like, the royal bloodline, they're, like, the best benders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, the Fire Lord is clearly super OP. Azula mm-hmm. is crazy OP. Iroh is really OP. Um, Zuko is, like good-ish like he's okay like he's, he's like, better than a general fire nation civilian who does not have bending for yeah. sure yeah yeah he's up there but i mean if you look at him next to like other firebenders he's like mid-tier yeah. at least at the beginning he gets much better like again the power crawl of all of the people in this show is pretty dope um pretty pretty massive but Zuko definitely starts out pretty low on that tier. Whereas Aang starts out pretty high. Like, he yeah. flops Zuko every time. That yeah, just, he... like, with the mattress? Like, yeah, again, that and, was brutal. In the second episode, that was wild. Like, Zuko got dunked on. Um, and we see, like, Aang in the Avatar state when he's... when. Okay, so let's roll back and, like, start. So they arrive at the Southern Air Temple. And Aang is like, this is so cool. Like, this, this is, is where I was this from. This is where I'm from. This is where I grew up. And then it's deserted because the Fire Nation killed every airbender other than mm-hmm. Aang. Which in itself is kind of a weird thing. Yeah, that's... Well, yeah, because they talk about how they can't get up there without these flying bison, right? But they... It's like a plot point that later on, the Fire Nation gets blimps to fly. Yeah. They're like, like, so how did they How did they get up there? What did they do? But I guess that's just like... You have to accept that it's a given fact in the show yeah. that they were able to wipe them out. Yeah. and And like with effectively 100 percent like 99.9 percent yeah i mean even more than that because like ang is the only one to be fair though the airbenders are were a pretty small society they were right yeah. and and they only lived on these concentrated temples yeah like and so the i guess that one of the interesting things in thinking about that is that we see at the very end of the series we see sozin's comet which is this this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler. Um, <laughs> Sozin's Comet is a thing which is named after the Fire Lord that starts the war, uh, Fire Lord Sozin. And it, when it comes across the sky, when it comes down to the planet, firebenders become like a thousand times more powerful, or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Like it is, in, like they, like a regular firebender is like Fire Lord level. Like it's just everybody mm-hmm. gets bumped up massively. And so that's kind of like, if you're sitting there and wondering. In, during this episode, you're like, 
how could they have they couldn't possibly have killed every airbender other than Aang. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they could and they did because yeah. <laughs> because they were like juiced. <laughs> yeah, they were like ready. They they got that comet and Sozin was preparing like he knew. Um, he was ready. He he jumped him. He he got him. He killed him. He just <laughs> loves killing. Uh, so that let's just put that to bed right now. Like they just they did it. They mm-hmm. just killed every Airbender. I guess the thing, one of the things that we learn in this is that Aang found out that he was the Avatar younger than people typically find out. Uh, younger than Avatars typically find out that they mm-hmm. are the Avatar. Um. Younger than he quote unquote like should have. Yeah, because he's they're like, well, you're four years younger, so you won't be able to process it the same way. It's like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe. But then they make this point of saying like, but you know, in following a typical Avatar tradition, you have to wait. You have to wait to go into the Air Temple Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you're gonna if you're already gonna be rushing him through the process, like at least let him go into the Temple Sanctuary. And what do they mm-hmm. find in this guy? Oh, they find statues of all the past avatars, which is yeah. like it's this massive spiraling building yeah, of just huge. thousands and thousands of avatars. Yeah, which I mean, like when we think about it in terms of like each of those avatars lived an entire lifetime. I mean, I'm sure there were like a couple of avatars that like were born and they were like, yeah, I'm so powerful and then got like squished or something. Yeah, like died as babies. <laughs> There's got to be a couple duds, you know. There's. Can you imagine like... <laughs> Your kid, you just like you find out that your kid is the avatar, and you're like so excited. You're like, yeah, woohoo! Finally, and then it's like they fall off a cliff or something. <laughs> That'd be so sad. That'd be so sad. Like baby dying, not cool. Avatar baby dying, <laughs> really not cool. That's really not. You're like, god <laughs> damn it! I thought the water trap was gonna get one this time. <laughs> I was like, nope. Back in the line, buddy. That would suck. I'm sure it happened. I mean, we'll never know, right? Yeah. But I'm sure it happened at least once. But you can assume that they've had avatars as long as, as long as they they've had people. So you yeah. have just like these avatars for all of human history. Yeah, exactly. And now, and then in in knowing that, we get a sense of like how long humanity has existed and just how powerful avatars are, right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. If you can assume that in the avatar, what is it? The avatar mode, not the avatar, avatar mode. state. In the avatar state. Um, they have the power of all these other avatars. Yeah, it really... That's, it, like... It gives you a good sense of, like, how... Just, like, how strong Aang becomes when he goes into the avatar And how state. strong... How strong he's been, right? He's been yeah. reincarnated. He's all of these people. Yeah, he's got a like, huge amount of experience. Like, those are all him. Yeah, that's all... Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And the avatar gets stronger and stronger every time that they get reincarnated, which is really kind of an interesting topic, or concept. Um... Yeah, I mean, and I guess maybe that's kind of why they wouldn't let Aang go in right away. They're like, okay, we're going to like... <laughs> like, this is too much for you right yeah. now. But like, at what point in the Avatar's training do you, are you like, here's all your past lives. Ask mm-hmm. them stuff. You know, like, should that be the first thing that you do? Should it be the last thing that you do? Like, do they need to know all the other elements before they can master, like, the Avatar state? I, I don't know. I think that they do. I think they do. Maybe that's why they didn't let him in first. Oh, because he only, he's only mastered air. Yeah, right. And I, it's just kind of an interesting thing to consider. Like, what if Aang hadn't gone on the iceberg? Like, would mm-hmm. he have been able to defend the air temple? Like, no. would they have... Right, because they... just because they killed all the other masters and they killed his, um... Yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Monkeyatso. Yeah, Monkeyatso, who's, like, basically the closest thing that Aang has to a father. Like... Okay, if we're gonna t- okay, so talking about Monkey Azzo and like Aang finding him, so Aang, you know, 
goes in, sees all the other Avatar statues, chases Mo. They meet Momo. Mm-hmm. Big, very important thing. They meet Momo. <laughs> Incredibly Momo important. Momo joins the team. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of the best people on Team Avatar, really. Exactly. Just Adds so much. Adds so much to the team. Um, we're not Momo haters. I know, I bet there's probably a lot of people out there who, like, love Momo. Momo but is pretty adorable. Momo's dope. All right. Don't come at like, me Like, what's this. better than a bat lemur? Or whatever. Whatever. We assume bat lemur just from wings and, and calling him a lemur. Yeah. Don't at me over Momo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, wait, Aang goes down. He, he, he finds Monkeyatso. And he it's like Monkeyatso and like heaps of dead firebenders. Yeah, just like so many dead firebenders. So, dozens. Can you, I mean. Yeah, it's like you they, find you, this guy and then also all of the people he defended himself from that's it's wild it's absolutely i mean you don't it's not like monkey out to like closed them in and they start like you don't die of starvation in heaps yeah like i mean you we get a sense that like, like in two columns along the side of the room yeah. with him just in the front center like that's that's set up for his hands to have done some cool yeah. airbending to all of them yeah. in lines it's a, it's kind of amazing because we're set up to think of the airbenders as being these like the like the pinnacles of the peaceful like mm-hmm. do no harm airbenders and for monkey Atsa to have killed like dozens of dudes you really get a sense of like first of all how powerful he was mm-hmm. to fight up that many firebenders during sozin's comment and then second of all like the potential that airbenders mm-hmm. have to be destructive but that they mm-hmm. choose not to use right like being a master airbender and choosing to like not kill people is is pretty amazing right like yeah that's it's just it's it's kind of impressive that they're like this is what airbenders have the potential to do because i think they get kind of get looked down on they're like oh they're vegans you know they don't really they're not that good of fighters but they actually really have some stuff going for them yeah and you hear that ang calls him like the best airbender ever like the best like mug ever and you wouldn't assume that just from seeing him like you meet him initially and he's just baking cakes yeah he's just a nice he's a calm nice calm dude not even the highest rank at the temple and then you go and you see just how exactly powerful he is. And, and you get it just from his dead body. Yeah, like you, you really do. You really understand that, like, oh, Aang was right. <laughs> this might actually have been the most powerful airbender at, at the time of his death. Um, let's see here. Uh, I guess an, another interesting thing is that... <laughs> like... When Katara's talking Aang down from mm-hmm. being in the Avatar state, she's like, we're your family now. They've known each other like three days. Yeah, like less than three days. Like, like two days. One or two days. A couple, maybe a week tops. Like yeah, they flew, max a They week. went directly from the Southern Water Tribe to the Southern Air Temple. So like, and, we're best friends now. And like, Katara's as long as they're like, best friends. <laughs> Katara's like, we, this is, we're your family now. Like, we're, and that's cool. Like, maybe they trauma bonded, you know, and that's a mm-hmm. big thing. That's an important thing to recognize as possible, but... At the same time, it's kind of like, that's a lot. You don't really know this guy yet. I mean, yeah. you're like, he's the Avatar, so like he's probably going to be a cool dude. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, we don't know. And Aang doesn't know about these people mm-hmm. either. But, I mean, it's, I guess that's just kind of like... And, like, all Sokka has been so far is just, like, mean to him. Yeah, he's like, you roasted my seal jerky. Like... Aang's like, I didn't realize. Aang, I think it's really funny that from the very get-go, they're like, Aang hates water tribe food <laughs> he absolutely hates water tribe food like boiled sea prunes or whatever he's he just pukes every time he hears about it it's it's so funny to me that he just absolutely can't stand it 
Um, but I guess that's fine. Like, I guess it's one of those other things where, like, it's, a, it's like the sh- Avatar as a show was cast of people who would not stop and be like, well, you can't be that good of a friend, you know, already. You only yeah. meet every week. Like, at that point in your life, if you're, like, a kid watching that show, like, for me, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, of sure. Course. Duh. We're, we're best friends now. We're, they're best friends. That makes total sense. You can know somebody for a week, and that's, like, percentage-wise a lot of that other person's life at that time. Um, I, I think to end the show, one of the interesting things that we could talk about is how, like, we don't even see the Fire Lord. Yeah, we don't see him for a long time. Like halfway through season two, we have we don't see his face. We know that he exists and that he's like the primary antagonist. But he's it's kind of an interesting thing that they do where they're like just building him up for so mm-hmm. so so long. Um and then you just see him and he's just he's just a dude. He's I mean he's a scary dude. Like he's I a would, scary dude, yeah, for I sure. Would say but like that the he's Fire just Lord, a dude. He lives up to the hype. I would say that he definitely lives up to the hype. Um He's definitely, like, he's kind of pretty boy, but at the same time, he's, like, scary. He's, Mm -hmm. like, a scary dude. So, um, what else? What else do you want to bring up for this one? Do we have any more uh, call-in comments that we go through? Or are we good at this time? I think we're good at this time. But then also, just when... So, Aang goes into the Avatar state, Mm -hmm. like, one or two times before he goes into this big Avatar state. Where we can see the eyes and just like any other markings on all of the previous avatars um, in the sanctuary light up. Yeah. And then we also see throughout the different nations, their sanctuaries light up as well. Or I assume their sanctuaries light up as well. Um, And just like, what is different about that avatar state? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe that's a, maybe that's after like going in to the temple and like engaging with the other avatars Mm -hmm. and their statues and being like, oh, actually I'm part of something much you know, much bigger than this. And then that's his point of, like, actually awakening as the Avatar. Like, he yeah. knew, but he wasn't really, the like, the Avatar Avatar. And then after that, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm now connected. Yeah, and it sparks this, like, big thing of, like, the Avatar's returned in every yeah. single nation. I mean, what do you, what does that do for every nation? To, well, to isn't have... that our first introduction to the Earth Kingdom, kind of? Like, our yeah, first, like, interaction with them? Yeah, it is. I mean, we don't see them until, until then. Yeah. Um, and we don't really see like earth kingdom sages ever again after mm-hmm. that which is kind of weird um but oh no i guess we see kyoshi island mm-hmm. and they're they're kind of like the earth kingdom sages so yeah i mean it does it bring hope does it bring like fear like what does that do for the rest of the world i i think it probably brings a large sense of hope for anyone but the fire nation right yeah. like the fire nation's like well now gotta kill him yeah, like... gotta kill this guy <laughs> Like, I didn't know he was still around, you know? Or, like, they might... Pres- well, I guess they know now, because Zuko has been, like, you know, he's still around. He's yeah. 12. Yeah. Um, But it brings sort of, like, a sense of, like, well, now we gotta get him. We gotta make sure he's not, like, gonna defeat our nation and everything we've worked yeah. through so far in this war. So it's kind of a good and a bad thing, really, when you break yeah. it down. Like, it's... It is positive in a lot of ways, but also, like, there's... Like, it's not great that everybody's like, all right, he's back. Because yeah. Aang isn't ready for that. Yeah, no, he's not. Way. He's just a kid. <laughs> he's just a kid. Uh, anyways, we'll pick up more on where this uh, left off next time. But for today, this has been Dang, Dang with Kel and Sky. Thanks for listening.